0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: My name is Rob Madge, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Now coming up, it's the funniest person on the world wide web that's made quite an impact over the last year. From their hilarious childhood theatrical videos to performances of pop songs in panto, they've made us all smile and had us in heaps of laughter when we needed it most. Now they're bringing a show of their life to the stage in My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? An autobiographical look at parts of their life and the impact theatres had on the person they are today. The show also reveals an insight into the journey of embracing their queerness, something that's most recently led them to speak publicly about their non-binary identity and using they-them pronouns. Now, in an exclusive conversation just hours after their groundbreaking and unanimously successful press night at the Turbine Theatre, It's time to discuss bringing My Sons a Queer, but what can you do to the stage? The incredible but rather emotional reaction it's had on audiences and a possible future life for the show. Plus, why their mum is the real star of the family, the unwavering support of their parents throughout this journey to authenticity, being cast in the official upcoming stage adaptation of Knobs and Broomsticks, and the dream roles still left on their wishlist. So here we go, it's time for a total lol with Rob Madge on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. <music> to meet with current restrictions and to stop the possible spread of COVID-19, Rob and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Right then, lolz at the ready, as it is actually one of the funniest people I'm pretty sure have ever graced my social media feed, it is Rob Madge, hi! Stop it,
1: one of the funniest?
0: One of, if not the funniest, and I mean that very genuinely, I am so looking forward to this and I'm so grateful for your time today because you are... A superstar now like you are literally Kim K move <laughs> out the way Rob Madge is here to stay that's that rhymed
1: that rhymed that's yes. like an entrance thank line you. on Drag Race or something I'm going to no, nick
0: that nobody can see but I'm taking sort of like a podcast bow of the fact that I just became very musical on a musical podcast without meaning to be so oh, clearly
1: standing ovation from me as well for that
0: one five stars <laughs> well thank you very much I feel like this is also all this is going to be is just that awful sound of me sort of taking breath and laughing so I apologise to anyone rhyming to anyone, and that, rhyming. And rhyming. <laughs> to anyone That has to, so I'm going to try and keep it as professional as possible. But thank you so much, and as much as I joke about how much of a superstar you've become, it's a real reality for you because you have just, especially very, very recently because you've just opened your one-person show as well, which means that the reviews are in. And I think it's fair to say, and I hope you agree, it's been pretty successful.
1: Yeah, it's going well. We're we're all chuffed. It's ridiculous, really. I mean, it started off as stupid little videos on Twitter and now it's a show. Someone said to me, well, not to me, but (laughs) I've heard it indirectly that someone was like, God, all these social media people getting taking everyone's jobs in theatre <laughs> like sorry I am in theatre as well um but uh it's ridiculous it's
0: crazy crazy I think is a very good word for it because it's literally come as you say from these social media videos that that we will talk about in a second that you sort of I imagine created as just a bit of light relief and a bit of fun for you as much as 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 now an audience slash followers
1: honestly I was just so bored so so bored I needed something to do I needed to I needed to make people laugh. I was like, I'm not hearing any laughter. I need the validation of (laughs) comedy. Um, Twitter, that's where I'll go. And yeah, and people found it funny. And it's nice to actually hear laughter in real life now
0: as well. I'm going to talk about the specifics of the show in a second, but let's just sort of talk about how this all began. So what was the very first video that really took off? I think the first one that sort of went
1: viral I mean viral what does viral even mean but it got a fair few likes was um of me as a child when I put on a parade a Disney parade in my hall um when I was about 12 and that yeah when I realized I'd made it was when you know Nicola from Derry Girls retweeted it and I was like this is it this is my moment I've done it mama I've made it
0: (laughs) the the sort of the people that have engaged with you on social media are of course a lot of theatrical people because that's the community that you come from and of course the community that you're very proud to be part of but yeah it it has also spread into the mainstream quote-unquote theatre is of course mainstream but it has sort of spread out into the wider world and you have had quite a lot of famous people like Nicola and of of course, the infamous, I believe Stephanie J Block commented, Stephanie going, I am obsessed with Rob. Don't, like, hello.
1: Don't even get me started on, on Steph. We love her. <laughs>
0: Talk me through what it was like the first time that you actually saw that clip. Did Was it on social media or was it actually, did you watch the video itself?
1: No, someone sent it to me. Someone that was watching it on social media ended up sending it to me. And I'm so glad they did because otherwise I'd be living in ignorance.
0: <laughs> we should say that this is part of um, Stars in the House, who is raising yeah. money for the Actors Fund. And they showed your Glinda video and also your Elphaba video where you were doing some very funny and I am seeming sort of judging by some of the social media comments of people that have actually played those roles, like Alice <laughs> Fern, for example, sort of really sort of hitting in nail on the head in terms of the sort of things that actually happen in the show.
1: I mean, apparently, I mean, I'd love to say it was like, you know, high end observational comedy, but again, <laughs> I was just really bored. <laughs> and as I was making it, that's the last one I did. And I did it a couple of months ago. That's the last one I've done. And I was like, this is the worst one I've ever done. I was literally like, I was so bored. Um, it's like, this isn't funny. What am I doing this for? I was like, I'll put it out and probably delete it in 20 minutes. Thank God I didn't. Kristen Chenoweth was a
0: fan. That should be at the top of your CV alongside producing sort of a one person show. That should be there. Kristen Chenoweth says I'm actually quite good.
1: That should be the title of the show, or at least on
0: the flyer. Just like Kristen Chenoweth, very good, very, very good. <laughs> very good, very <laughs> good. The videos themselves, I always think are amazing because they are, and I mean this in a very respectful way, they're not too complicated. They're, they're very basic in that you can just go, oh, it's funny, I get it. And I think sometimes yeah. people fall down that trap of being like, I'm going to try and be really edgy and smart. And it's like, well, actually, especially during a global pandemic where you know terrible things are happening, I don't think we want to have to think too much about stuff. We just want to have a really nice no. time. And I can imagine for you as much as it is, I imagine hilarious to, to film, you know, to capture them. It must also be nice for you just to see how much joy they bring to other people because people are yeah. like, this is my life. Like, I love these videos.
1: Honestly, it, it, yeah, it's, it's brought me a lot of joy. Um, it was just such a crap time for everybody. And yeah, the joy that they give to people gives me more joy in in return. It's nice. It's like a two-way relationship because without it, I would have just been so miserable the whole time. So. Thanks, everybody, if you watch them.
0: Which has been the one that you thought, maybe perhaps it was that wicked one that you thought, oh, this is just not really going to work, or one that you were like, oh, this is kind of funny, like, this makes me laugh, but actually it sort of blew up. I, I know which one mine would be. Okay, well, what was yours? Mine would be the Pop
1: Songs and Pantomime. Pop Songs and Panto. Yeah. That's one that, if it had flopped, I'd have been devastated, because, oh, my God, the effort that went, I had a green screen for that one. We put up a bloody green screen. We ordered we ordered all of Smithies, all every bloody fancy drink dress item you could possibly get uh, so if that one would have flopped i'd have been devastated the glinda one was definitely probably the one that i thought was the worst but ended up being the most one of
0: the most liked so you
1: just can never tell these days what the public are into
0: i think for me it was the oh gosh my mind's gonna go black now but like is it panto rockers we you like panto rockers panto and Rock and, is in the and house
1: tonight could
0: not stop the sort of the the melody of you singing that in your tone going like i need to stop Having that go around in my head. What have they done?
1: Well, that was, to be honest, that was pure plagiarism, that one. I saw a panto where they turned Party Rock by LMFAO into panto rock. And they're all singing in their, like, Disney princess voices. Like, this is just hilarious. There's something so funny about it.
0: There is. It is. But when you go see pantomimes, as much as you like, you know, I'm a very serious theatre person, you do sit there going, I do sort of want the, you know, you know the the it's like the intro, isn't it? It's like the bit that goes into it where they're like, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" Oh, I'm just really sad because I've got no money, money, money. You're like, "Oh Literally. no, I'm gonna
1: like scream. Here we go. That's another video I want to do. Actually, is like the dialogue leading into song. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure at one point in Mamma Mia, it was like, "Donna, we need to talk about this." I don't want to talk <laughs> about what we've been through. I just think it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I do think that's genuinely in there. I think it's I think it is Donna that does that screamy shouty bit. So I remember seeing Diane Pilkington and saying to her afterwards, like, I loved it, but that is just camp. Like that yes. is like someone really gay went, yes. <laughs> it's, literally the gay intern on Mamma Mia was hard at work. <laughs> yeah. Finish this. What's the, what's the lead in? Um, make her shout. That's it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. I love the fact that apart from the fact it's you in all these glorious costumes and just being fun, your poor mum has been roped into so many of them and she's on yes. your social media all the time she's she's probably a a little bit more of a star than you to be honest now oh my god she's peaking
1: honestly without a doubt she
0: (laughs) she, i'm riding her coattails how much sort of persuading if that's the right word do you have to do to be like mum i'm gonna put a green screen up in our house and hire costumes and do silly (laughs) pantomime videos and you're gonna have to just support me well the
1: thing is when i was about 16 I tried doing YouTube like you know the vloggers yeah. Um. failed miserably but in those days I'd try and get mum involved then and she was not having any of it and then I started uni and I put her on my snapchat and my friends loved her and she ended up winning some kind of end of year award for like <laughs> best drama society parent um, and once she got that one award she's been She's been loving it ever since. <laughs> she's like, I need more awards. So yeah, as of that moment in 2017, she's, uh, she's been flying, flying that wave, flying, riding that wave of popularity
0: like an actual gay icon superstar hilarious yes. comedian i mean literally really the bbc3 sort of drag race spin-off show hosted by your mom is what is it does it begin next week yeah it starts yeah. next week on yeah. wow presents plus i thought so um, yeah. oh yeah oh, well done yeah i know well you know <laughs> in terms <laughs> of creating that very little now sold out show i should just point that sort of put that in, nailed there and say that the show has extended and then sold out within what like a 12 hour period or something crazy yeah so now you're at that stage where I guess you can relax because you know it works commercially you know the audience is having a nice time are you now at that space where you can go I think I can probably enjoy this now I am it was
1: it was the last couple of weeks where it was all a bit mad and we only we started rehearsing it I think three weeks ago I wrote it ages ago but rehearsal started three weeks ago so getting it all on its feet was C- crazy it was just a lot and there wasn't really time to enjoy it it was always things needed to be fixed and I was having to do rewrites every night and blah 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 and now like you say we've settled and that's that's nice like I don't have to go in until half an hour before it
0: starts love oh. that life is this show because of the success that you had in the pandemic, is it because this this script just works? You know, is the script based on the pandemic? I guess talk me through the sequence of what led up to this.
1: It did start with sharing the videos because we found all of these old VHS tapes that we hadn't seen in years and thought they were ridiculous and hilarious. So I shared that Disney Parade video on Twitter and then it got seen by a lot of people. And because I knew it would make people laugh, but I didn't expect a lot of the response to be, oh, your family are so amazing. My family would never have done this. My dad would not have worn a wig. Um, and then I thought, that's interesting. Um, so that's when I really started working on the idea of doing something a little bit bigger with them all. Um, back in August, I think that was, of 2020. And since then, it's sort of, it's sort of all grown as a result of that but has then gone on and had a life of its own separate from the social media in a way.
0: And is it autobiographical in that it follows real events of your life or is it perhaps just dramatized and sort of stretched a little bit?
1: It's autobiographical I mean the concept of the play is is fiction like the idea is I'm I am recreating this Disney parade because it went so hideously wrong in 2009 and now I've got some training so it's going to be so much better. Obviously that is not my life (laughs) I am not recreating my Disney parade in my real life that's the overriding concept and in order to do that we have to go on an autobiographical journey by looking at all of the old VHS tapes and all the the school memories and all that stuff so yes it is
0: how did you get to the title itself? Because when I first read it, I was like, oh, I've never really seen the word queer put in the forefront. I mean, sometimes you see it sort of surrounding the topics of a show. Yeah. To actually have it, of course, people are going to be like, queer spoke, folk. I know that. I mean, on stage. It doesn't yeah. happen all that often. So I guess no. how did you get to that decision? And, and did it make you feel a little uncomfortable perhaps to start with? What was your experience?
1: Well, it's so funny because I felt pretty ignorant to how that title might come across to others, I did an interview recently where that was the whole focus of the interview, like okay. the word queer. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I never even thought twice, but that's because I've been lucky enough to have surrounded myself with people that use it in a really positive way, that it's just become part of my vocabulary in, in a good way. Um, But really, the title just came from there's a line in Les Mis where um, Thenardier says, uh, this one's a queer but what can you do and I was like oh well, let's just do a little pun on that not realizing the magnitude of actually having the word queer I just thought is a fun little pun um so yeah but now I think oh wow it is quite cool that queer is such a is such a
0: a, a huge word on that title now a very long long title. <laughs> I do think sometimes it's good to have a conversation. I'm, I'm absolutely not against having the conversation around it. But I think oh, if the yeah. intentions are true, the topic is true, and the people that are using it and, and sort of benefiting from it perhaps yeah. are right, then I think it's absolutely fine. And I can imagine for you as well, it feels authentic. Like, it. you know, yeah. it's, you want that. That's how it best describes your story. So, so what
1: is the problem? Exactly that. Uh, I think anyone that might have a problem with it either comes from a place of it being used negatively against them so it's a loaded term or it comes from a place of people who might use that term negatively themselves you know it, it can come from ignorance um, but uh I think we're at a point I feel like I'm at a point where we can reclaim that word and and use it in a funny show I think that's the difference as well is that it's not it's not your tragic story. It's uh, it's fun and it's uplifting and it's joyful. And someone said to me at one point, why have you got the word queer in the title when it's a comedy? And I'm like, well, why not? They can exist together. Queerness doesn't have to exist in opposition to innocence. Like the story is about my childhood. I was a, a queer child um, in every sense of, of the word. Um, and people might have used that as a slur one day. Why is it a slur when it's a fact, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. And also it's sort of about time that people remember that queer people aren't just one-dimensional. are yes. We are exactly like everybody else. We just exactly. happen to have a slightly different preference when it comes to a, our gender identity, our sexual identity, or who we're exactly. in love with. It's a bit like, come on guys, it's, it's June 2021 now, you know, like let's let's play a bit of a catch-up. But honestly. Look at, us, look at us getting all political. I didn't expect to do I know, this. me neither, look Middle at us. The
1: Goodness fuck. gracious. That could be a pioneer after all.
0: I love the fact that on your social media as well, you are very unapologetic just about your queerness. And I think a yeah. lot of us in our work and just as a byproduct of the society that we live in, even within the very accepting or wonderful world of theatre, do tend to turn ourselves down for lots of different reasons. Sometimes it's for protection, sometimes it's just because that's what we feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you f- just feel like you've sort of gone the opposite way. Is that something because you <laughs> feel authentic doing that? Is that something that you yeah. feel like you can celebrate yourself, I guess? What's your approach? I spent so
1: much time being told to act differently to who I was um, at school, at drama schools, in theatre, With various different shows it it was always a problem that I was limp-wristed and light on my feet and all of the sort of synonyms for queer but no one really wants to say that but they'll give you other sort of adjectives and I just had enough of it in 2020 it was being stuck at home where I was like well the industry's (laughs) falling to pieces so what my real discovery of you know, gender identity and my exploration with that, that's a drop in the ocean compared to everything that's going on. And you place so much weight and pressure on things that should not matter that much. Um, But when you acknowledge those parts, and you live them unapologetically, you end up being more celebrated. That's been the case for me anyway. I just spent so long thinking that that's the stuff that would get me nowhere. And it's actually the stuff that's got me further
0: was 2020 the first time you'd had a public conversation about using they them pronouns
1: yeah last year it was it was being locked away away from a high pressure environment you're going from casting to casting you have to fit a certain box apparently you have to Mm. know what your casting bracket is which limits you as a person and everyone says no you don't need to do that you can sort of be open-minded and i'm like well, why am I not going for the open minded roles then? You know, it's it all seemed very limited. And it was only having that time away where I, I wasn't having to learn a song every night for this, that, or the other audition that I thought, well, why? Finally, I have the time to, to really think about it. Yeah. And, and it's just what suits,
0: fits me best at the minute what's the reaction been like to the show because i can imagine when you set out you keep describing it as obviously being funny and about being authentic and queer which i love but the messages on social media are like i had a nervous breakdown i didn't stop crying i've literally (laughs) sobbed and i'm like what is this person doing to these audience members like i feel like you need to send out some form of
1: warning (laughs) i know well we've said that you know, there should be some kind of trigger. It's essentially it's all fun and games, but we do chronicle chronicle, who the hell do I, I think I am. We do talk about <laughs> we do talk about um the the early school years, which I think is a part of a part of our lives that a lot of queer people just don't talk about for whatever reason. I think also there's this weird idea that talking about being bullied is like a cringe thing because everyone went through it i've i've often had that chat with someone where like yeah well we're all bullied aren't we so you get on with it that shouldn't be correct it can instill shame from a young age um and because we all go through it that doesn't mean we brush it aside it means let's talk about it then let's let's remember what it was like as hard as it may be but most importantly how you can end up flourishing eventually. Um, because it you know it still happens, and I just think of like the child version of me if someone told that child, "Well, we all get bullied. It's the same concept like it's 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 sad, it's sad, so I talk about that for a little bit, and I hope I don't traumatize people by bringing back all the the childhood trauma the whole the whole po- I, I was like we can't we can't just do a show where it's like me just being camped the whole time and just like happy like where's the story in that and the story is that like everyone goes through shit times but you can you can
0: triumph if you accept yourself and you surround yourself with people that do the reviews I know I keep saying it but they really are exceptional so I hope that you feel very proud of yourself for what you've achieved both creatively but also just as an individual I can imagine there are only two people in the world that are probably a little bit prouder than you and that is your beloved parents, who did come um, when we we're recording this two days ago to see the show, you you sort of charted their journey from the hotel all the way through there with your mum getting ready for her big entrance. She looks fabulous, honestly. and of course the celebrations afterwards. Have you had the opportunity? I imagine in the brief moment you've had since then to to ask them, you know, what did they think? Oh my god, I talked to them like every day. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, they had a great time. They were, they were overwhelmed I think because they'd they'd read they'd read it and I mean they'd been involved since I started writing it when I was going through all the videos and mum would be sat there doing a sudoku whilst I'm like fast forwarding through all these VHS tapes she's like oh that's a good one you should use that one I'm like thanks mum so they knew what they were getting themselves into but I think actually seeing it was just a lot for them and I sort of Wish I'd invited them on a day separate to press night, so it wasn't such a high pressure, intense environment. I was like, "I'm so sorry, you did not ask for this. You did not ask to be doing an Instagram live." <laughs> like, oh, just chill out. Um, but they had a they had a great time. I mean, they lapped it up. <laughs> mum was mum was saying, um, "Should should I have a pen ready for sign? Should I for, for oh. signing?" And I was like, oh,
0: you're an icon." Yes. <laughs> you <Yeah>,
1: she- <laughs> I was like, I think you'll be all right. You'll be
0: okay. Uh, and well, obviously she's famous for being your parent, but also she's famous for being the unofficial fourth member of UK Huns. She, so, she really is. So obviously that's going to obviously out-trump you in any way. So you Oh, know, I mean, she'll be at Eurovision next year. Don't. Don't give people ideas. Don't give Paul Taylor Mills any ideas.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I'll try not to. Well, we're not going to rest until she's at least impersonated on Snatch Game.
0: Has, has she had the opportunity to meet any of those people yet? Because if not, that needs to happen. Because even Michelle Visage, yeah. like, shared it, didn't she? <laughs> Michelle Visage said
1: she was doing a bang-up job. Go on, mum, were her words. We've got it framed. Um... <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed.
1: No, she hasn't got to meet any of them yet. And something we need to arrange desperately definitely
0: yet is the important part and I'm sure it will happen now whenever you become sort of famous for doing a certain thing and then you get lots of success out of it people sort of are like oh that person's really new I remember Maggie Smith on Graham Norton talking about Harry Potter and everyone was like oh well Maggie you know oh my god you're amazing she was like yeah but I haven't just started my career at x age now and I imagine that Maggie Smith is a very big reach, I appreciate. But it's a similar experience to you because you've <laughs> the been... The comparison. I really
1: appreciate the comparison with Dame Maggie. Just because you look you. the
0: same, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's identical. <laughs> poor, oh, poor Maggie. She's looking <laughs> rough. But sorry, Maggie Smith. I love you. Um, but I can imagine for you, like, you've done so many other things and you've been in West End shows before and you've had this opportunity to grow within the industry as well and to obviously learn your craft. You are a theatre person at heart. You've had the opportunity to train as well. Can yeah. you just talk to me just a little bit about some of the shows that you've been in? Because some of them have been filmed and captured and have been quite famous. Like you know, being in Les Mis and getting to play the roles that you've played—that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Les Mis twenty fifth was cheeky little Gavroche. Fontaine. Played...
0: Oh no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm what? I said Fontaine, but <laughs> Fontaine. I got it wrong, Sorry, yeah. Well, that one's still to come. <laughs>
1: okay, fine. Uh, we're in talks with my agent. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Lucy Jones. It's it's my turn now. Who even is Lucy Jones? Honestly, who 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 is Liz Jones? An icon. Um, I just played a lot of Cockneys, to be honest. A lot of precocious Cockney children. Um, it's often the way with child child actors. They're all they're all from
0: London. Don't know why. <laughs> Does the whole sort of being part of you know? I say history, but being part of historical moments like that. Do you sort of look back and go? actually sort of quite strange like that feels like a different person I like, can't actually believe that that's me
1: yeah well I remember there was a period where I just finished uni and I was auditioning for things and it'd been a long time since I'd done anything and I was suddenly really angry at my child self for not appreciating it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was like, I was like why didn't you enjoy this well, I mean I did enjoy it but why didn't you realize the magnitude of what you were doing you were in Les miz and uh it just suddenly meant so much more as an adult as a kid, I wasn't ever nervous or anything. It was just fun. It was just a, a hoot. And then, yeah, it was bizarre to to think
0: about about it all. And you also got to be in a show that has the world's most famous nanny. Well, second to Nanny McPhee, obviously, because like Se- nanny second
1: yes. to Nanny McPhee,
0: <laughs> that is so debatable. But I will let it slide. <laughs> Thank you. It's my podcast. Just, yeah, you go. Just for nod it. when you're in that show, and obviously, the show's in the West End now. And there's those amazing pictures of you sort of in with the younger you like literally child baby you, on the posters and stuff is yeah. is that amazing to sort of think oh gosh again like i sort of got to do the sort of the staple roles because the Lay mises and the, and the mary poppins are sort of the dreamland territory oh
1: yeah i mean mary poppins was the first one i ever did i was nine and it was like the perfect show to start with i was you know big old disney fan mary poppins was my favorite film and it's still my favorite show that i've ever done okay and one of my favorite shows to watch i just it was amazing, magical. And when I went to see it, the revival, just before lockdown, oh, my God, it was, like, emotional trauma. (laughs) Do you remember it? I was, oh, my God, I was just sobbing. Well, I thought I'd forgotten it all, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, and it's in the same theatre that it was before. It was... I was a mess and I went to watch it on my own thinking I'd just have a nice little night out of the theatre and the lovely little lady sat next to me offered me some tissues (laughs) but not even in a sad bit in like spoonful of sugar or something she's like are you all right (laughs) like she was like can I please be
0: moved thank you (laughs) honestly
1: she probably was bless her who was your Mary at the time I had well I had Scarlett Strallen. oh fabulous Um, so Zizi's sister
0: and I had Lisa O'Hare I saw Lisa O'Hare. There you go. Yeah. Cam, yeah. very good. Very, very yeah. good. Like an actual Broadway superstar now. Like I know, proper, right? Yeah, very, very, very good. Stars. Do, does being in Les Mis and Mary Poppins make you want to return to the shows now that you're like a proper adult? Um, I
1: did Les Mis as an adult. Yes. Which was great. I did that just before COVID, um, which was fun and weird to do it as, a, as an adult. I would love to do Mary Poppins again one day. I just think it'd be... Lovely full circle moment. <laughs> just live for full circle moments at the age of 24. As <laughs> though my career is ending. I'd like to do that one more time.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that I just, I this is this is probably really far too much about me, but when I say like proper adult in my head, I realise that probably made no sense because me, I'm 29 and a little bit now. So I imagine anyone that's a proper adult is older than me, but obviously I'm like a proper adult now. So I was thinking like, Jean Valjean, Javert, like, no, Rob is an natural adult now, so that was not meant to be insulting.
1: Oh, not at all. Oh, I'm so offended.
0: I will yeah. leave the Zoom now. Yeah. Goodbye. Because <laughs> there's that video again, I mean, oh, I feel like, can we just get your mum on? I thought like this is all I talk about is your mum doing this. I wish
1: she was here, honestly.
0: <laughs> but there's that video where you tell them, I'm gone from this high to this high, and I'm going to be in Les Mis again. Yeah. And it's just like this is why theatre is special. And their face, I mean, your dad was just like, now you're having me on, like, no way. There's like almost like I he didn't believe you.
1: Honestly, I was like, cheers, thanks.
0: <laughs> can you cry, scream, clap, dance? Come on, what <laughs> can you do? It's, like, it's not that crazy a concept. <laughs> I'm very talented, you know. Your
1: son is so talented.
0: <laughs> now we must talk about something that's going to be coming up actually very soon, not too far away. And that is you stepping into a brand new show. And it's a show that... You actually wrote. Well, I say you wrote a version. It's not the yeah, not version. This one. No, no disrespect, but you know it's not Probably. the version. But not, it's not, a very... the, not the official. Well, it's the better one. You know, it's the one they cut. They take the good bits out. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I guess you know, bedknobs and broomsticks. It was. It was always meant to be.
1: It was just written in the stars, wasn't it? knobs mm. and broomsticks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just embarrassed myself because when they announced that it was happening. I did a tweet. I was like, if you're looking for someone to play the codfish, just hit me up. That's a joke. Now I'm the codfish. (laughs) It's stupid.
0: (laughs) But you get what you deserve, actually. You do, you do, honestly. (laughs) Walked into that one. You should need to say millionaire married (laughs) by ex. You know, you need to say massive house, dogs, you know, just manifest, manifest. Yeah. Postcode lottery. That would be next. Postcode lottery. (laughs) <laughs> but going yeah. around the country and then fingers crossed coming to the West End, but going around the country and just being part of just a brand new show. Like, you know, like this is firstly a beloved, beloved piece prior to this. Yeah. I, adapting it for the stage and and working, of course, with the queen of all queens, Miss Diane Pilkington. But <sighs> is, is getting to originate, create something very exciting for you? in terms oh, of yeah. the fact that it's this role that actually you were pretty desperate to do judging by the tween
1: <laughs> honestly yeah no it's it's a dream well I've always thought bed knobs and broomsticks would be an amazing show um so to to like sort of be seeing it be invented in the room is I feel like I've got insider information no, it's amazing it's such it's such an amazing team we had a week of workshops about a month ago just before rehearsals start to sort of start work on some of the more complicated bits and it's really exciting and they're, they're all lovely Diane Pilkington's what a dream
0: are there any other shows that are out there in the West End, apart from Six, of course, that and playing Fonteen once Lucy Jones decides to clear <laughs> off, that you would like to tackle? Do you sort of have a wish list of things that you think that would... That's a bit of me.
1: It's it's tricky because I'm not, I'm not actually sure anymore because I spent so much time trying to fit that bracket that I now no longer consider myself part of. Like, I was always like, I need to be Bach one day and Wicked. Um, and I don't really feel that anymore. So I'm not sure. I'd love to... Um... It's all like the musicals that are on for a limited run that I want to do, like mm. Cabaret. Imagine that. That yeah. would be an amazing show to do. Um, all, all that kind of stuff. And Juliet would be great as well. Um, yeah, there's there's loads of brilliant shows on. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. We'll see. Yeah,
0: literally <laughs> carnage. Well, one thing that isn't carnage, just to finish, is your amazing solo show and I I'm sort of a little bit gutted because as amazing it is that it's sold out and I'm so unbelievably happy for you and it's already extended as well so there really is no possibility of it keep going I hope that you get the opportunity to just embrace it and enjoy it now and go on what is going to be a pretty phenomenal ride and hopefully fingers crossed maybe you would consider coming back to it at a later stage you know once you've done that bed knob show well that's the plan we'd love to do more with it um yeah, it'd
1: be a shame to just finish it in two weeks or three weeks whenever it finishes. So yeah, we do want to definitely do
0: a bit more with it. Who knows? Still here, still queer, still works. My mum's still available as an understudy. Honestly. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Rob, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. You've made me laugh. And just the best of luck with the show, as much as I joke. Not that you need it, because it's going to be an absolute blast. And just good luck with bed knobs and broodsticks as well. It's Thank really exciting. You. And I can't wait to see you in person someday. Fingers crossed very soon hopefully you've been listening to 11 the official theatre podcast find out more about 11 at 11podcast.com or via the broadway podcast network